0: Hey y'all, I'm Kua. And this is Kendra. And this is the Black Gems Dive In Podcast. Podcast about inclusive cultures and everything DEI.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to another week of the Black Gems Dive In Podcast. This is Kua. And this is Kendra. And we are here another week. I'm so excited to be back. Yes, me too. And hopefully everyone
0: listened to our first episode. Right. And right. again, I always say keep talking to us because we want to know more about how you guys felt about the podcast, your reactions, but I'm excited to
1: have one episode under our belt. Yeah, one episode, now we're on to the next. And Great. So, um so let's Jump right in. Let's dive right Let's in. dive right in. Uh, so we're going to actually start with the hot topic this week. And that is an article that we read uh, from, from Forbes. And it said, Dear Wells Fargo, your lack of diversity is not because of a pipeline issue. And so I don't know if you all have heard, but uh, the CEO of Wells Fargo came out uh, and made headlines because of statements regarding the reasons for the lack of diversity within the company. So the CEO's name is Charles W. Schorff. And he stated in June that the company's lack of diversity stems from a limited pool of black talent to recruit from. Uh, he also pointed to the popular pipeline program uh, problem that many corporate leaders claim to be the reason why diversity has become ever elusive. And so, man, Kendra, I've, I've heard this so many times mm-hmm. I've heard this from countless individuals who run organizations who say, yeah, I'm all for diversity and inclusion. I want to do the right thing. I want to hire more um, diverse candidates, more people of color. Mm-hmm. But there ain't none to hire from. There's there's also conversations that I have with people
0: in organizations and companies where they say, you know, we have all of these. um different uh hiring practices and we do different job um, opportunities in the community we do all these different events and why aren't we getting the talent right and are we looking in the wrong place but what i say is that diversity and inclusion is something that you practice all year round you don't try to just grab talent you know from one true. event or two events or whatever the case may be you have to be able to have people that look like you but how do we get there um you know so when when when, uh, you know, when people say, well, we can't find diverse talent, that's very hard for me to understand completely. But,
1: you know, what's not hard for me to understand in that is what is what's your to your point? What's right. your current makeup? So what's your current diversity within your organization? And so when I when I talk to folks, it's like, OK, diversity is a fact. You either have it or you don't. So what does that look like? What's the makeup? And so if your people who are recruiting all look alike, if you use the same sourcing um mechanisms to try to get diverse candidates in the door no right. wonder right? right like no wonder that's that's not changing a lot of times um people also look at specific qualifications or mm-hmm. um experiences like where did you go to college mm-hmm. it needs to be this top university it needs to be this specific program we're right. not looking outside of that and i think that's how people get caught up and not finding talent right right and when we look at
0: Um, Many jobs that are available, they may have a requirement of, you know, 12 to 15 years of experience. Um, Like you said, different. They look at obviously where you got your degree from. Right. They don't look at that you have a degree. Um, And then they also look at, you know, they don't look at your years of experience, whether you're in the community and other aspects. They don't look at the whole. Diverse, like, where do you actually come from? Your diverse background. They just look at your resume and what's on the paper. And it's a comfortability aspect of it, too, right? Absolutely. That's a huge piece of it. I mean, obviously. Um, you know, you feel more comfortable with people who look like you from a college that's more recognizable. I mm-hmm. mean, from a personal standpoint, mm-hmm. um, I went to Coe University, and for me, I pull it out when I need to.
1: Yeah, you right, know,
0: right. And I, I don't wear it on my sleeve, but at the same time, I know that unfortunately, it may get fortunately and unfortunately, fortunately, it may get me into places mm-hmm. where
1: um, I may not always be welcome in the room. And see, the the other issue I think with that too is people are used to certain certain circles. Mm-hmm. And so people continuously go to those certain circles mm-hmm. to find talent. So the prestigious schools, even high schools, I think, in this area, get a lot of credit for that, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, if you're an alum from a certain prestigious high school mm-hmm. in the area, oh, I'm going to choose you for an internship or I'm going to give you the opportunity for mentorship. right? Um, whereas other people who don't have that same connection or same um, – you know, just network of people right. have, right. So it's, it's harder to do that. And it's
0: really, so I've been reading a book or I read a book earlier this summer, um, by Minda Hertz and it was, um, I believe it was called your seat at the table. I can't remember the exact oh, okay. name of the yep. book, but by Minda Hertz. Um, and she is a very well known, um, author now um, based off of her book, and she does a lot of different great Zooms and um, discussions. And one thing she has said was, which we already know, but she really highlighted is, number one, is that when you are in these spaces as a black woman or a black male or someone from a different um, ethnicity, Mm -hmm. to make sure you bring people up with you, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and make sure that you give them a seat at the table, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm which is very important. So when you start to see people that look like you and now you're going out and recruiting and finding that diverse talent, people may feel more comfortable because they see someone um, that is, that has a similarity right. um, with them. So that's really important is that when you get in these spaces and make sure you bring people up with you. And then we talked about mentorship, right? Yeah. Once you're in these organizations and how important mentorship is as well.
1: So one of the things just kind of going back to the topic at hand, like, referral hiring. And that's something that I don't think enough people talk about. So there's a lot of organizations mm-hmm. who will promote referral hiring. And mm-hmm. and it's a good thing if mm-hmm. you do it right, but it could also be detrimental if you don't. And so imagine an organization who is made up predominantly of a certain type of people. So mm-hmm. if you have an organization who is predominantly Caucasian mm-hmm. and you're saying refer friends and family or refer people um, to our organization, you're going to get similar people. Right. You have to look at that diversity in terms of that network. So if you have, um, you know, employees who are diverse and come from different backgrounds and they're referring their 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 folks, you know, that might help a little bit. But I think that's that's something that people need to kind of challenge a bit. You need to do mm-hmm. your own digging and look at your demographics yep. within your organization and see what that looks like and who are they referring. Right? Who are
0: they referring? But then also too. So my question is. If you're going off of this referral program, you're only referring people that's in your circles. Right. So you have to diversify your circles as well. You have to make sure that you're interacting with so many different people um, and so that you have a pool of people to pull from when you are getting into that interview process as well. Um, you know, there's a lot of times where that I see is that companies may go, um, you know, on the east side and have mm. quote unquote east side and have hiring events. Mm. Right. Because they're targeting for lower level jobs. Right. Um, And it's just like we have to get out of that mindset. Um, but going back to the re- the whole referral piece of it is that you have to diversify your group. Otherwise, you are going to just go to one specific area where you right. think that diverse talent exists um, in order to get people into your into your doors.
1: And so they say, you know, there's reports that estimate that about 80 to 85 percent of jobs are filled through networking. Mm-hmm. And so it's easier too if you think about recruiters. And if you think about hiring managers, go into that same circle and saying, hey, can you refer someone to me? Um, but it creates this echo chamber where it's the similar to me bias mm-hmm. that that exists. So mm-hmm. I'm going to I'm going to lean towards people who are similar to me um, and hire them in my place of employment. And that just creates more groupthink and, and folks who aren't diverse. And so I think, you know, this this situation that has come out, it's not new. We've heard this time and time again in terms of people Mm -hmm. saying it's hard to find diverse talent or they don't have the right credentials. Um, But I think that leads us into some of the other things that we wanted to talk about, and that's the experience versus uh, qualifications. Right, right, right. So
0: going back to what we were saying, too, is that, um, you know, There's a lot of times where we look at a job description. And as we just talked about, um, you know, most of the jobs that are received are from either referral based or connections or networks. But when you look at a job description and it has all these qualifications, qualifications and requirements, Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of jobs that just stick to those requirements and qualifications. But we know that sometimes that may not fit within someone that you see who's from a, a different background. Right. Um, And so can we draw on different experiences that they have? Um, Can we draw on their community work? Can we draw on some of their actual, um, you know, their goals that they actually set forth for themselves Mm -hmm. at their previous Mm -hmm. positions? Um, We have to look at that as a whole. And if that isn't there, you know, say you're already in in an organization and you're looking for someone to fill a a specific seat.
1: Right. How about we do mentorship programs, right? And so I think that's one of the things that um, when you look at people of color and their projected growth opportunities within organizations, a lot of people will leave because the opportunities for growth just aren't there. right? And so if you think about apprenticeships, uh, mentorships, designing things like sponsorship programs where there's senior leaders within organizations who are kind of um, – you know, taking other people by the hand and giving them opportunities to be exposed to other parts of the business or more, more opportunities within the business in itself. I think that's really an effective way to create that, that diverse pool, right. In your own organization. So Mm -hmm. promoting from within, I think is a real thing that people should, should definitely take a look at. Right. It's huge. Um,
0: and there's also, there's companies who are, they're getting it right. There's companies who are, um, you know, feeding that pipeline Mm -hmm. into college, into the companies themselves and really investing into the communities that most likely will not look like them. There's a company called SAP. Um, there, there's a tech. They are a technology company out of Germany, based out of Germany, but okay. they have offices in Pennsylvania, um, and they've been doing a really great job at um, really feeding that college to company pipeline. And they've been recruiting at HBCU campuses across the nations, and they also have been doing um, different workshops in order to train future employees or, or current students to future employees on their technologies. Okay, and so that is a good way to really make sure that they have a diverse pool of of talent coming into their doors this company actually was ranked one of the highest uh companies for diversity inclusion in the world oh wow uh so you know there are companies out there is getting that are getting it right there's companies in western york that's getting it right and we'll talk about that as well um but really having that pipeline is very imperative
1: Mm -hmm. i agree i think um we were listening to this, this journalist who was talking about this article that came out and how, um, he, he since came out and apologized by the way. Mm -hmm. So he came back out and was just like, you know, it was insensitive. It's why we need to be focused on this work. Uh, he talked about his own biases and, and how he came to that point. And, um, this, this, this journalist came out and said, more elbow grease and less lip service from these organizations, because a lot of times, you know, people will say their statements. We talked about that in the last episode where people are out here mm-hmm. saying, Oh, we're all about diversity, equity, and inclusion. But when it comes, when it really comes down to doing the work, we don't know, you know, where to find people mm-hmm. of color, or there's not a, a black talent pool that we can pull from. And it's like, you, you might have to go outside of your normal, ways of doing your work and doing your business to get to that. So, right. You know, I think that's one of the things that people need to start to recognize is that it's not necessarily easy, but if you're committed to doing this work, Mm -hmm. you better roll up them sleeves.
0: Roll up the sleeves. And one thing, too, that a lot of people think is that once you hire someone in a position of diversity and inclusion um, who are C-suite level, whatever the case may be, you know the work doesn't stop there, and the work doesn't doesn't fall solely on that person. It is a company-wide initiative that should be, not even really, even say after a while, an initiative or a project. It should be something that is within your everyday work that you normally think about when it comes to either hiring practices or wherever the case may be. Um, Cause I had an interesting conversation with someone about that a couple of weeks ago to mm-hmm. say, okay, yeah, we're looking for a diversity inclusion officer, but that still doesn't mean that the task is done.
1: Right. And I think people need to recognize that DEI, the work of DEI is a business imperative, mm-hmm. right? And so the way that you operate as an organization, what is your, how do you operate? You know, who's, who's running your operations. It needs to be embedded in how you operate as an organization. So equity should be something that you're consistently talking about. Um, and a lot of times people don't necessarily know where to start, where to start. Mm -hmm. I say start with data. Yes. Start with data. Data helps you tell a larger story. Um, you know, like I said before, diversity is a a fact. Mm -hmm. Inclusion is a choice. Mm -hmm. So what are your current numbers? You either got people of color in your organizations or you don't. Right. Um and then in terms of inclusion how are you including attracting and retaining people of color when the, within your organizations as well because yeah. it's one thing to get them right it's a whole different thing to kind of keep keep hold of, of those folks as well. Yes. Retention
0: is very important. That can be a whole topic within itself. Right. About how are we retaining um, our, our members of color and our, our employees of color within a certain organization. Um, I don't think people think about that either. You know, obviously it, you have to create an inclusive environment. Right. Um, but that, I think that's another topic for another day. Cause we can definitely go well, we, we'll that. We'll definitely,
1: we'll definitely have to talk about that right. ways to, Foster inclusion and cultures of inclusion, because it really is the culture that you're setting as an organization that makes the difference. You know, you can say all day, this is what you want to do. But if you're not following behind that with actual tangible things, then it just it won't work. Right. It won't work. Right.
0: One other organization I would like to call out, too, is m Bank. t um, okay. So M&T Bank is doing a phenomenal job at diversity inclusion. They're not one of the companies to just make a statement. You know, they're rolling up their sleeves, right. getting the job done. Um, and their chief diversity officer is doing a, a great job, actually, since he's been over there. Mm-hmm. Um, their representation of women in senior management um, positions have increased by 21 percent. Wow. And his representation of people of color in senior management roles um, have uh, increased thirty eight percent over wow. that time. Wow. And this is according to the Buffalo News. Um so they're doing a great job. And one thing that they recently just launched w- is the Tech Academy um, at Seneca okay. One Tower to train new workers um and, and tap into local talent. And so this is really important to to diversify mm-hmm. uh, their their vision um for for the company.
1: Yeah and see y- you know you have to be intentional. I think that was the biggest thing that we talked about. In the last episode, too, is that it's easy just to say you want to do it, but to be intentional means to put resources behind it um, and manpower to getting that done. So in terms of some of the other things that people should think about, how are you also trying to attract this diverse talent Mm -hmm. within your organizations? Because Mm -hmm. a lot of times there's structural strategies that you can focus on or individual strategies um, just to encourage your own employees to have more diverse networks and you can incentivize your own employees to do that. But I think about some of the other structural strategies that people might not think about. What does your career site look like? Mm -hmm. First and foremost, whenever I'm interested in a job, that's where I'm going first, right? I want to look online. I want to see what, you how you present yourself online so what does that look like are there people of color represented right on the website
0: right but then also too the people that can outweigh or not really be a, a accurate representation true. True. of you know of uh, what the uh, the company looks like as well but to your point though what does your what does your website look like right. that's very important
1: and then the environment right the actual environment of of um, these places of employment, too. Mm-hmm. What pictures are on the wall? Mm-hmm. What type of, you know, we, and like we said, we'll, we'll probably have a whole discussion and a whole um, podcast just on cultures and inclusion. Mm-hmm. But I think these are the things that companies need to start to think about. Overall, long term. Right. And what does your C suite
0: look like? That's very important. And your board. And your board. And your board. Um, so, those are two big things that is a true indication to see how diverse really an organization is. Right. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. So, um, and then, you know, one thing that we have talked about too is th- the last thing is just to say, you know, there's been statistics about black women are the most educated group mm-hmm. in the U.S. I did.
1: So, that's actually, it's, it's been recent news, right, that um, people of color, and especially black women, are becoming more educated, right? And so now black women are one of the most educated groups in the U.S., and this is according to the National Center for Education Statistics. Uh, it says between 2009 and 2010, black women earned 68% of associate's degrees of bachelor's degrees and 71% of master's degrees and also 65% of all doctoral degrees were um, awarded to black students. So the percentage of black students attending college has increased from 10% to 15% from 1976 to 2012, while the percentage of white students fell from 84 to 60%. And this is uh, based on the independent, um, the independent, and they're basically looking at race and gender and seeing a higher percentage of black women enrolled in college versus any other group. So when you talk about this pipeline and there's a pipeline issue, I also wonder where... we are recruiting? Where are you recruiting? Where are you looking? <laughs> are you because yeah. these stats don't lie. And I think at the end of the day, um, you know, there's organizations that are trying to tap into like HBCUs, mm-hmm. historically black colleges and universities, but... One of the comments that I saw on the article about the CEO of Wells Fargo is where they're located. And I think they're, um, is it in North Carolina? Yeah. yeah. Where their headquarters are. And they talk about the amount of black MBA students that even exist in some of the historically black colleges mm-hmm. and universities there. So what's not happening? Something right. isn't translating. And I think we need to take a further deep dive deep dive right dive into right. you know why that's the right. case as well and that's why it's important to
0: have these organizations like national black nba association nesb these organizations exist right. and utilize them senior nabj you know, right exactly so send the information to them and then also too if you're having panel discussions or if you're having um different events invite them to those events because now you they get to you get to see exactly what talent is out there and so it's a win-win for everyone right I know
1: um, one of the other things that that came up too in terms of like trying to diversify um, organizations is the fact that there's really no effort in doing so. You know, I think that's one of the mm-hmm. other things is like, it's a nice thing to say, but um, you know, we, we actually have to put some elbow grease behind it. We definitely do. Um, I did want to read a little bit more of that article that talked about, uh, the CEO, Shorf, and, and kind of what's been going on in their organization, they talk about the inability to track qualified black candidates, but they've also been accused of racially discriminatory behavior in the past. And so in 2012, the company paid $175 million in fines for their roles in selling uh, subprime mortgages to black and Hispanic borrowers who qualified for prime loans, and those same allegations were made against the bank in 2018, and the company paid $2.1 billion in fines. Um, and so, yes, there's a pipeline progr- uh, problem that they have, but they have some other issues that... They need to look at within their organization as well.
0: Right. But I think if you address that pipeline problem, you can then start to address some of those other internal issues because you have that voice internally to say "Mm, this isn't right. Or maybe we should evaluate or whatever the case may be. Um, If you don't have that voice, then some of those practices are allowed to happen. Right. Um, So I think if we look at the pipeline first. Then you look at some of those practices. And then again, as we talked about retention too, that's really important once you get in there and you start to permeate some of those best practices throughout the organization.
1: So it sounds like there's really four areas that organizations need to look at as it relates to um, to getting uh, diverse diverse pools of, of recruiter, recruitment of talent. Right. And that's one, attracting. How are you trying to attract the talent in the first place? Second, I think is hiring practices. How are you hiring? And, and some of the things that organizations are looking at doing is in your interview process, making sure that there's at least one woman and uh, one person of color in each pool of, you know, for a position. Mm-hmm. So that will help you kind of get to the next level and get to the next step of um, hiring them. But the reality is we need to also look at where they're falling off in that process. Right. So is it in the recruitment? Are you just not getting are your recruiters not getting diverse talent? Um, Or is it when you're going through that interview process, they didn't fall off and someone else that's similar to me bias Mm -hmm. comes out and they're not getting to that next level. So one attracting two hiring three developing. So how are you developing these people, Right. the mentorship programs, the apprenticeship um, programs Uh, who's chosen Mm -hmm. to even get mentored? That's something that we need to look at and we'll probably have to do a whole podcast a whole on bias. Pod, yes. yes. I think that's something that we need to do. And then lastly, for retaining, how are you retaining people over time? Because it's one thing to get them, but it's another thing to keep them. Right. That's a lot. <laughs> it is a lot. It is a lot. It's a
0: lot. Um. And but I think that, again, I said this in the beginning that I am hopeful that we will get there eventually because there's a spotlight on a lot of these companies um, and some of their practices, um, especially now. So I think that we will get there. It just takes time, right? Um, and it takes to, it takes people to be at the table in order to do so and have those voices to speak up when they see something is being done that's not right. I agree.
1: So let's go to our our last section of our podcast which is the gem of the day gem of the day gem, j- gem, gem, gem i know we day. need to have like a little background we, yeah music. we gotta add some yeah we gotta add some little pizzazz <laughs> little ting ting on the <laughs> on T-T-T-T. the podcast um so yeah
0: gem of the day yeah so last time we talked you said that you were <laughs> yeah. not going to read the comments I did say that uh so have you been getting better with that
1: i have this past week and i told you i'm gonna take it one week at a time mm-hmm. one day at a time um I had to keep reminding myself to to not look, and I would purposely skip some articles. Honestly, on Twitter, I block some words, so I don't even see certain Ooh, things come up. That's good to know. Yes, you can do that. Um, but yeah, so I was intentional on in not looking at the comments, which was helpful. Definitely helpful. I didn't have any crazy dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, I did watch, uh, what's the movie, Antebellum, that came out recently? I tried to watch that. You tried to watch? I tr-
0: it was too triggering a little bit it was triggering it was triggering so i couldn't watch it I, okay I, I wanted
1: to relax a little bit this, this see, weekend you see you see this is what i said i was gonna do i was like oh you know i'm gonna chill i'm gonna do more light-hearted yeah uh comedies and things like that but no i went and i watched antebellum um which the premise was really mm-hmm. it was interesting i'm just gonna leave it at that so other people can watch um but i didn't have any bad dreams about oh, that well, which good. was good which was good <laughs> um but in terms of my gem of the day i think that in order to get my mind off of reading the comments and and all that, I've also been trying to reconnect and connect with nature Mm -hmm. in general. So I um, have been getting into plants a lot more, especially during quarantine um, because you're just at home and you didn't Mm -hmm. have as much to do or you couldn't go outside. And so I had three different plants that I've kept alive for about four years now. Mm -hmm. And I've been very proud of that. And I was like, you know what, it's time to go and get some more plant friends some plant babies. And so I had about three more that I added Mm -hmm. to the collection. And so it really makes you slow down. You got to pay attention to the plants, the signs that they're giving um, so that you make sure you ain't killing them. Right. I always said, you know, I have a Brown thumb, literal Brown thumb. (laughs) And so I've been trying to turn my Brown thumb into a green thumb. And so I got a few more plants added to my collection and they're doing well. I'm really yeah. excited about it.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't have the green thumb. You I try one of my plants can't even pronounce the name, that's as much as I don't have a green thumb. <laughs> it is slowly starting to like go dormant, I think. Hopefully it's not I dying. I think it's dormant cuz we got that same plant. Yes. That's I don't the know.
1: is it Aglae na- naoma?
0: Yes. yes. I don't know what's happening, but one at a time, one leaf they just of brown, will turn brown and then it dies, and but then another one comes back. Okay. I don't know we'll keep you updated on my plant life. Cause I don't have the green thumb, but I do have to go get more plants. I was just saying that, you know, my new area and offices, uh, you know, doesn't really get much light. Uh, okay. and so I Googled plants that don't get much light or no light and no water. So I need to change that up. And no
1: water. <laughs> what type of plant? You know, there are plants like that though, that just are like, they're fake, right? N- no, no, <laughs> Not fake plants, but they're... What are they called? They're the ones that can just exist in air. Yes,
0: I forgot. I have to look it up. I did look up some plants, though. There's two specific plants that I'm looking for. Okay. So if you guys know any plants, let
1: me know. Yeah, hit us up on the plant tip, too. I got a Monstera, which I've been eyeing for a long time. Those are the ones that have the fenestrations. Yes. Um, And supposedly... Why they do that, why they create those little splits in their leaves over time is so that the plants un- or the leaves under them mm-hmm. can get sunlight as well. So they're sharing their wealth. Uh, they get some sun and then they let in the. the isn't the leaves that cute? Under sharing sharing the wealth. Yes.
0: Sharing the wealth. Yes. But uh, yeah, I need to get the, th- the green thumb. No brown thumbs over here, but green thumbs.
1: We, I mean, you still got a brown What's thumb. What's up,
0: a brown thumb? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so ch- definitely, again, you know, guys. Let us know what you guys think about, you know, hiring practices, retention, um, all of that, just so we can, you know, address those questions that you may have. But also, too, so that we can make this better for everyone, because we have to, like I said, if you have a seat at the table, make sure you're bringing other people up with you. You didn't just make it. Let's bring other people up um, and make sure that they make it as well. Um, so we'll definitely, you know, revisit this topic of regarding bias and, and retention practices within a company.
1: And then also hit us up with potential topics that you want us to discuss mm-hmm. as well. So we have, we got our whole little list over here of, of things that we want to talk about. We're actually going to start, um, to invite some guests on the podcast as well to, to get some more insight from other folks who are doing work or adjacent work, um, to dei but yeah let us know what you want to hear about and let us know what topics you want to discuss as well as any questions that you might have over time right, right. and make sure you again follow us on, sh- on social follow media us, yeah, Follow us, follow
0: us so but this has been a great conversation yeah. can't wait to do this again next week um so yeah thanks cool thanks kendra all right and everyone have a great week peace
1: Hey, y'all. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Black Gems Dive In Podcast.
0: Make sure you rate and subscribe on all of the major streaming platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher.
1: Make sure you follow us on our social media platforms, at Black Gems Dive In on Twitter and Instagram, and at Black Gems Dive In Podcast on Facebook.